1: For SEN America, this is the SEN NBA Podcast.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another big edition of the SEN NBA Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke Sakari, and we come at you today with our Western Conference season preview. Of course, if you want to listen back or if you missed the Eastern Conference preview, you can check that out. It's online now at sen.com.au, at SEN America on Twitter. And on the SEN iTunes channel as well. Joining me for the Western Conference preview, of course, we've got Chris Tyler on the line. He's in America. We'll get to him in just a moment. But also joining us, who missed out on the Eastern Conference preview, but he's managed to make his way into the studio for the big preview of the Western Conference. Let's be honest, it's the conference we're all waiting to watch in season 2017-2018. Mikey Valasaris. Mike, how are you?
1: Hey, yeah, good afternoon, Luke, and good afternoon to Chris. You didn't get my thoughts on the Eastern Conference. No. I had prior engagements, but I'm here for the West. It's the one we're all after, and you're going to you're gonna find out who I think will make the top eight. I'm going to also give you one through 15. Well, we Who's all are. Fin- I know we, we <laughs> all are, but you're also going to get all that from me as well. But it's, it's good to be on the podcast again, boys.
0: Absolutely, and we welcome in our man on the ground in Brooklyn, New York City, Chris Tyler. Chris, how are you?
2: Oh, what's going on, fellas? So much to talk about in this podcast. Obviously, yesterday's pod went just under an hour, I think. This one, it's it's going to be tough to keep it under because pretty much every single team is kind of interesting in the yep. in the West. We were mentioning yesterday, Mike. I don't know if you listened back to the podcast, but I. I kind of said that I'm pretty confident that the worst five teams in the NBA are all in the Eastern Conference. So that's a lot of teams yesterday that we kind of just didn't care about. To me, I think it's it's like the Western Conference is so deep, and compared to the East, it's just like it's you you can barely compare them. You're
1: you're very right, but there are some really there's some really trash teams as well in in the Western Conference, which you'll find out who I think it really trash as well. But you are right; the the worst five teams I'd have to agree would have to be residing in the Eastern Conference, which is really sad for the NBA in the way their playoffs are seated. But it's still going to be a it's still going to be a, a really uh, exciting season and probably one of the most anticipated starts to a season. Since I've been a fan, which is quite incredible when you look at the disparity of teams in the competition.
0: Well, we'll get started with a team that maybe hasn't got a lot of expectation heading into a season. Of course, we're going to go through alphabetical order of the teams in the Western Conference. We start with the Dallas Mavericks, a Dallas Mavericks team that is still in the filling out process. They're still going to, not sure who their starting point guard is. They'll be leaning on a rookie, a very good rookie at that, on Dennis Smith Jr., Still probably think that the thirty-nine-year-old, forty-year-old Dirk Nowitzki is the best player on this roster, which is a problem no matter how you shape it. Chris, I'm gonna start with you on the Dallas conversation, because I know you're a big fan of Dennis Smith Jr. Is he the man that can take the Mavericks forward? Of course it's very early. He hasn't played a game yet, but we're all just here previewing, predicting and and projecting as we do. From what you're seeing from him in the preseason and in summer league and watching him in college. Is he the right choice to leave the Mavericks forward? Is he a guy that they can count on straight off the top of the bat, Chris?
2: He's definitely a guy that you can look at and say he's the future of the franchise. I don't know how much he's going to contribute straight away. I think offensively he's going to be fantastic. He's probably going to be the most offensively polished player coming out of this draft class, especially out of the point guards. There's a lot of uh, opinion out there that said that he's probably going to end up becoming the best point guard in the league over Markel Fultz over Alonzo Ball, over De'Aaron Fox. This was a very deep draft class. He was the fifth point guard taken, and he could potentially, and we're going to get to this later, he's going to be in contention for the Rookie of the Year in my eyes. He's going to be uh, getting a lot of minutes. He's probably going to be starting, and he's going to be putting up some big numbers. This is a team who last year had the worst offense in the entire NBA, and this year they haven't really brought in anyone except for him that can really... Uh, boost those numbers up. So expect the ball to be in his hands a lot and expect the offense to be kind of run through him and he's going to be getting a lot of offensive looks and I, I just expect him to have not a massive contribution but enough of a contribution that all these Mavericks fans are going to be excited about what the future holds because for so long they've kind of been in this Dirk Nowitzki era. Last year it was they were kind of in between errors and that's kind of the, the similar feeling for this year as well but at least I've got someone there to look at and say alright he might not be ready quite yet but Dennis Smith Jr., in a couple of years' time, is going to be the guy the face of our
0: franchise. And he's really confident as well. He's a confident kid. He's going to come in and he's going to do what he does. And he probably will take over the reins offensively, mainly because they don't really have anyone else on the Dallas Mavericks roster. Now, I want to point out someone who did take over the reins a bit last year, Harrison Barnes, came over from the Golden State Warriors. He averaged a hair under 20 points a game last year. Did receive some criticism in some parts. I think he was okay, Mark. Get your thoughts on... On Harrison Barnes, him and Dennis Smith, I can think of worse building blocks to start a team with. Well, not starting a team, but they're growing the team in Dallas. They're not going to win a lot of games, so they'll be going back into the early lottery. Harrison Barnes, what have you seen from him since he moved to Dallas? Is he he a guy that can go... He averaged 19.2 points a game last year. Can he increase that to 22, which then goes to 24, which then goes to 26? Can he be that guy? So
1: he was a casualty, obviously, because they got... Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors. And and I was initially really disappointed in his season at the Dallas Mavericks. I thought he was going to not so much explode onto the scene, but really relish his... Uh, I guess being the the go to guy on the team, obviously had Dirk Nowitzki. He obviously took a bit of a step back last season. He's probably gonna continue with that trend. But I was a little bit disappointed in in his season. I thought he could easily average at least twenty five points. Obviously he's not on a very good team in a very competitive Western conference. Initially I was I'd say I was disappointed, but there's all that He's there to come back, and hopefully he can make a better comeback for this season. I've also got some thoughts on Dennis Smith Jr., who's got the highest vertical leap in the NBA with a 48-inch vertical leap. He's an incredible athlete. He's also got the hardest position, I find, for a rookie. And if he's going to be the face, in quotation marks, the face of the franchise, I think he's going to struggle this season just because of his height. You see. He's not a small point guard but he's also not a big point guard. We know there's the the Westbrook who's 6-4 but more of a beast player and I will back Nerland's Noel to mm. have a really strong season. He's yeah. backed himself, he's taken the one-year contract. And I expect him to to have a really breakout season.
0: Well, let's move on. Move on from Dallas to a team that has got a lot of people very excited. That is the Denver Nuggets. This is a team that's kind of slowly built over the years. And all of a sudden, you look at the roster and you think, this could be a team that is set for playoff basketball. And a guy I want to focus on took took the league by storm last season, Nikola Jokic. And this is a guy at the center position. He can do it all. He's such a good passer. He's beautiful in the post. He can hit jumpers. He just was so fun to watch last year in a league that is kind of moving past the center position in terms of the big, bulky centers. He's a guy that's kind of got the size on a lot of centers, but can still do all the versatile stuff that you need, Mikey. The Denver Nuggets, you've got Jokic there. They bring in Paul Millsap, of course, is the big in this season. Emmanuel Moutier can he, you know, cut down on the turnovers and become a more reliable guard. Of course, they've got Will Barton off the bench as well. Kenneth Fareed's unhappy with his situation. We'll see how that Mm. plays out. Wilson Chandler, always reliable. Mikey, is this a team that can go and and, and make the playoffs? They're definitely going to be in contention. Can they get there? What can we see from the Nuggets this year?
1: I was reading an article a couple of days ago. I can't remember who who wrote it, but it was saying that the the Denver Nuggets are the closest team to following in the footsteps of the Golden State Warriors.
0: It was on on ESPN. Which I thought was a
1: really good article. And, And... in my opinion, they have every chance of making the Western Conference uh, playoffs. You'll find out where they finish in my rankings, but I believe that they're going to be a really competitive team, and getting Paul up across the line, as you mm. said, the NBA is moving away from the center position and more of that unpositional kind of play, whatever you want to call it. So getting Paul Misap over from the Atlanta Hawks was a really big get, and Nikola Jokic will continue up his rise, but... Not so much to say about the Nuggets, but I think they're going to be a really, really competitive team to also watch and and to play against. As Chris, well.
0: Chris, I know you love your your funky and, and sexy teams. This to me seems like a team that fits that mold. Do you like the how the Nuggets shape up for, for this season?
2: I do. Like you guys said, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. The only issue that I do have with them, though, is their lack of point guard uh, point guards on the team. To me. Mm. Harris, Moutier, Murray, they're all off-ball guards. They play better at the two spot rather than the one. And Jameer Nelson shouldn't be your number one option if you want to be a team that's competing for the uh, the playoffs. So besides the fact that they do have a lot of young, up-and-coming talent and Jokic is going to be a superstar of this league very, very soon, if he's not already, the fact that they don't have that number one option, at point guard, they'll probably try Murray there. Moutier quite not quite good enough. But Murray, Murray or Harris will probably play that, uh, play that point guard spot for, for most of the season. That, to me, is just not good enough. That, that's the biggest issue for me in determining whether they're going to make the, the playoffs or not. But they are going to be a fun team to watch, and they've got good ins. Uh, Danilo Gallinari goes out, obviously, which is kind of uh, a, a decent loss. Yeah, he's but, a good player. He's uh, a good player. Yeah, a, apart from that, they, you know, they, they're going to be around the mark. They'll, they'll be around the mark, but I, I can't see them quite making it.
0: A team that's going to be around the market a bit more is the Golden State Warriors. Now, There's, there's not much more you can say about the Golden State Warriors. We all know um, how good they are. They're just going to be better. They've probably gotten better. I think Nick Young, he's, he's going to be just over the moon with how easy his offense is going to come. I think Nick Young might just think he's in a fantasy land at time this season. Look, they've still got everyone. You can't go past Steph and KD and, Katie and Draymond Green. I mean, KD had a weird off season, but I think once he gets on the court, he'll be fine. We'll forget about all that weird drama that that we entailed. Um, Clay Thompson, of course. Chris, we'll start with you. Can Can anyone beat him?
2: No, no. I, this was the only team that I actually didn't write any notes for whatsoever. It's you don't need much them. A lock that they're going to finish uh, as the one seed. Uh, even even if they get injuries to someone like Steph Curry, and God forbid that doesn't happen. They can still cover for that. They can mm. still be a one seed, even if someone like Steph Curry goes down, which is a testament to how good this team really is. They are, they've they got the big four, pretty much, and they're deep. They're, they're well-coached. This is a team that they're going to be as good as they have been the past couple of years, and you know they have a chance to, again, win 70 games in a season.
0: You know what I think the biggest recruit, per se, for the Golden State Orioles will be? It's a Steve Kerr healthy. That's Steve Kerr not missing large portions of the season as he did with his health yeah. last year. I think if you can just have that stability, I mean, of course it didn't really affect them last year. They won the championship in dominant fashion. But if you can just have that stability of your head coach being with the team the entire season, I think that's massive, Mikey. Um, the, I mean, the only thing that's stopping them for, from the
1: Warriors going all the way to winning the 2018 NBA championship is maybe their hunger to continued success, we all know, we've all seen it in AFL level. Um, that teams get complacent, the teams that's supposed to win don't always win. D- does I mean that's the only thing that for me can stop them from winning the NBA championship is their hunger and their willingness to uh, well, gel. And uh, they all, I know they all buy into the NBA into sorry into their team. A mantra next man up and share the ball. But will there ever be a time where one of these players wants to go off and do his own thing and starts getting selfish? Can Nick Young, you know, ruin up their their team chemistry? But look, my my prediction is they're gonna win it in easy fashion again. I'm just putting out hypothetical.
2: I will say though, in regards to what you were saying about the hunger, I still think the fact that Kevin Durant's only entering his second season with this squad means that they're still gonna be hungry. He's gonna make sure that they're hungry because he, whether he likes to admit it or not, he's chasing LeBron James. He wants to be seen as the alpha dog in the league, and LeBron still has more rings than him. So until Kevin Durant catches up to LeBron in the number of rings he's got on his fingers, he's still going to be hungry as hell to actually get out there and play his arse off and make sure that they win the championship. The fact that he is still so new to that franchise is going to be beneficial. He's going to keep him
0: hungry. A team that could keep him hungry is, coincidentally, the next team on our list, and that's the Houston Rockets. Now, you talk about off-season change. And bringing in um, a new piece to mix up a formula that worked so well last year. And that's Chris Paul joining the Houston Rockets. Now, on the surface, now, when this, I've kind of changed my view on this move. So, on the surface of it, I thought. Hang on. So, James Harden has had one of the most dominant and successful offensive seasons that we've ever seen playing at the point guard spot. You bring in Chris Ball, who's a point guard. He's never really played off the ball in his career. So, he will be taking over those ball handling reins. But so, initially, in the initial stages, I thought, geez, how's that going to blend? Are, are you trying to get too creative here? Are you taking away from Harden and whatnot? But the more I thought about it, and the more I've spoken about the Warriors, and the more I've seen how the Rockets went down last year, it's I have actually turned. I like to move now, for the simple fact, Chris, that in this league, when you're facing when you're trying to knock down Golden State, you simply need talent. Like that is it. You need talent. You get in your your, your two to three all stars, and then you figure out how it blends. You can, there's no point trying to remove yourself from recruiting an all star if if you're worried about about the fit because these guys will make it work. They're too good. They're too good not to make it work, and you need to have them if you want to beat this team, it it makes the Rockets... So like I said, the the little analogy I gave in the Eastern preview, Chris, that who's the most second intimidating player on a team? So if you take out the... Last year, if you took out James Harden, there wasn't really anyone else on this team that you're scared of. All of a sudden, you take Harden out, and then Chris Paul's there, one of the best point guards in the competition. So then you've got a second guy to worry about. So that's what I love about the move. Chris, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're bringing Chris Paul. How does that affect Harden? It obviously gives them a better chance of beating Golden State because they're simply better flat out on paper. Do you like the mix? Do you like the duo, Chris?
2: Well, that was going to be my point exactly what you said. Talent wins games. And if you have a chance to recruit someone like Chris Paul, you do it. You saw last year you weren't good enough where you were to beat the Golden State Warriors. You have to change something up if you want to get to their stage. And the fact that they brought in someone as good as Chris Paul is only beneficial to the team. Now, it might take a while for them to really gel and work out how each other plays, but once they figure that out—if if it takes them a couple of months—once they figure that out, they could be really dangerous. I don't think they're going to be as good as Golden State; they'll still be behind the mark. But they're giving themselves the best possible opportunity. I think we spoke about this in a podcast. I'm not uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, or a couple of months ago. I I, I've kind of lost all my sense of, of time since <laughs> I've been over here. But I always—I think it was in response to what Krista Silva said on Twitter when people were always up in arms. Uh, about teams making moves if it doesn't uh, get them over the edge against Golden State. So I think it was in reference to Dwayne Wade uh, going to the Cavs. And there was a lot of people tweeting, well, this doesn't make you better than the Cavs. That doesn't matter. You still have to give yourself the best possible opportunity to get over the line. Even if an individual move doesn't make you better, you still have to give yourself the best possible opportunity because the whole reason we play sport is because nothing is guaranteed. You can be a worse side and still win games. That's the whole joy of it. Otherwise, we just wouldn't play these games. The Houston Rockets are making sure that if something happens to the Golden State Warriors, if they do suffer from injuries or for some reason there's locker room turmoil, they're ready to pounce. They're giving themselves the best possible chance to pounce should something go wrong for the for the Golden State Warriors. So I, I love... I love the move for, from them as well. They brought in, as well, Cam Oliver out of college, Luke Bart Amute, PJ Tucker. These are all guys that are going to be important pieces for this squad as well.
1: Yeah, you, you've stolen the words out of my mouth, uh, Luke. I initially didn't like the move to get Chris Paul over to the Houston Rocks. I just didn't see how it was going to gel with, with James Harden, two ball-dominant players. But the more I thought about it, the more I really liked it. You saw them uh, playing around in... in just mucking around in pre-season and all that stuff. Um, but the only questions I have is that Chris Paul has always struggled in the playoffs. He's never made it past the second round. And same as Mike D'Antoni, he's never made it past the second round as well. I hate to be negative, but I just don't see them getting this This one move with adding Chris Paul just doesn't get them further into the uh, further into the
0: Western Conference uh, playoffs. Yeah, and we'll move on. And just quickly, before we move on from the Rockets, you mentioned them there, but Chris, but I reckon PJ Tucker and someone like Baramute, we all know the Rockets haven't been a great defensive team. So those are two guys you can put on the perimeter, don't worry about what they're doing often, say, you guard this guy. And they, they're reliable, you know, so that helps them on a defensive side of the ball as well. Let's go to Los Angeles. We'll start with the Clippers. Uh, a different looking Clippers team. So this will be, I reckon, Chris, I'll start off with you. This is either going to be a new era for the Clippers, and they will lose some games and, and, and change it up from there, or it will, it's still going to be a new era regardless. But it can almost go one of both ways. They can maintain their winning formula and still make the playoffs, or they could suffer a decline without Chris Paul. But I reckon they've got a, an adequate replacement in Pat Beverly. Galinari's a big addition. They've still got Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, and they've got bringing Lou Williams now off the bench. Is he still going to be a pretty, a pretty uh, formidable lineup in my view, Chris?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. They, they were almost as busy as the Celtics this off-season with the mm. amount of names that they brought in and got rid of. But it was a move that they had to make. They've run the same team yeah. back to the to playoffs happen. for the last however many years, and it hasn't worked. Yeah. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. They had to mix it up. There was an opportunity to get rid of Chris Paul and to get some decent pieces in return, and that's what they did. They're probably not as talented on paper, but they're certainly, in my opinion, uh, a lot better. Like Their depth is a lot better. So I'm not expecting that big of a, a fall away from, from the Clippers. I think they've still got... Uh, a lot of talent on that roster. Blake Griffin can now take over uh, that point, uh, That that, um, that uh, what, what's, what's the term? Point, point forward. Uh, point, point forward role yes. if he wants to, but they've also got Tia Dosich as well. Who, Boy, can he you know, pass he, the ball. He could, he could be very exciting, man. He, he's got some handles. He, he's arguably one of the best passers in the NBA already, and he hasn't played a single game, so they're going to be a fun team to watch as well.
1: It's definitely Blake Griffin's team right now. Yeah. Chris Paul's gone off on his merry way to the Houston Rockets. DeAndre Jordan and him are gonna have a little bit of fun. I don't see where their defense is gonna be coming. Obviously they've got Patrick Beverly added to the team. He's a really underrated move. He hasn't really doesn't get much of the plaudits. He's he's a tough and gritty player. So I really like that move too. I guess he's obviously nowhere near as talented as Chris Paul, but he's going to help them transition into this new into this new era. I, I like Austin Rivers. I reckon he can play. He cops a lot of flack for playing under his dad, but I think he's a really solid uh, bench point guard. And obviously, Tia Dosic as well, who's a great player. So I, I have them in uh, making the Western Conference... Uh, playoffs do i see them making much of a move no not really it's a transitioning season for them i believe but they're still competitive as well
0: look they probably haven't gotten that much worse but they also haven't got better in terms of beating golden state so we kind of almost got to wait and see if the clippers and see how they play out Uh, another team that we're going to have to watch very closely is the team that share the building from that's the lakers Mm -hmm. and after a couple of years of indifference with the Lakers, I want to say irrelevancy because the Lakers are never, ever irrelevant, but maybe a couple of boring seasons with the Lakers, if I dare say it. Mikey, we're not going to be bored this year with this team. They might not lo- lo- win a lot of games, but there's one guy on this roster that we're not going to be bored with.
1: Has a, has a rookie made such an <laughs> impact before? You take even his father out. I'm talking about Lonzo Ball. This guy can ball out. He's <laughs> I was watching some of the preseason stuff, even some highlights in the uh, sorry the summer league, summer league and watching some highlights in the preseason. Yeah. And he is one hell of a passer. He's got one of the weirdest shooting forms I've ever seen. I don't know if it's correct, but it works. <laughs> but his passing, it, 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 look, they're not going to be they're not going to be much of a team, but just. I'm going to be tuning in just to see how good this Lonzo Ball can be. And obviously, they got our man Andrew Bogut over. He'll be more of a... He's going to play a few minutes more to a start mentor. off with more because of Brook Lopez's injury. Andrew Bogut's a really smart player, and he's a, a, a really uh, great passer as well. So he's going to help them out a little bit. He'll probably play 15, 20 minutes a night. But I'm excited to see Lonzo Ball. And I don't know about Braden Ingram. I still haven't been sold on where... I mean, I'll bring you in on this, Chris. I don't know where where I sit with his talent levels and where he can go.
2: Uh, yeah, I think, like most people, I was a bit underwhelmed with how he played last year. He's a very skinny guy, and he, he had trouble imposing himself in the contest a lot last season. The talent's there, but he's just relatively raw. Hopefully, he takes a step up this season. Otherwise, you know, he, he might see a decline in his minutes, but... The one thing I wanted to talk about with the Lakers, you guys are a bit late to the party. No one cares about Lonzo Ball anymore, man. It's all about the Kyle Kuzma era. That's all Lakers fans are talking about at the moment. It's Kyle Kuzma.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what? And do that point as well. I think what's exciting about that is the Lakers actually have a direction now. Now they've got a future. Like, so you got Kuzma, you've got Ball. Ingram, we're still not sure on. Randall as well, still there. Of course, under Magic Johnson now. Rob Pelinka in the front office as well. There's actually a direction now. Mm. There's actually the first time since the post – I'll bring you in, Chris, on this conversation. It's the first time post-Kobe that you can actually look at the Lakers and say, hey, they're not going to win a lot of games, but we can see where they're going in the future.
2: Exactly. They've got the pieces there, but they're not going to quite win as many games as a lot of Lakers fans are probably hoping this season. Their backcourt defense is probably going to be one of the worst in the league with Lonzo Ball and um, KCP – Neither of those guys are going to be particularly uh, particularly solid on the defensive end. Along with that, three of their five projected starters for this season are new to the team, yeah. and we mentioned Brandon Ingram before. He's only in his second season, so that's a lot to kind of work out. And they look all right. They looked all right in uh, in both summer league and the uh, the preseason. And Alonso's probably going to help remedy a lot of the chemistry issues that they might have otherwise had. But there's still going to be uh, some hurdles to go over with the Lakers, so they're going to be fun, that's for sure. But they're not going to have quite the uh, the, the amount of talent just yet to really compete for uh, for a playoff berth.
0: We'll move on to a team that that I'm, I'm fascinated with. I'm fascinated with the Memphis Grizzlies. I really am because they're a team that it seems like every season when when we're previewing the West and we're going to say, "Man, the West is deep. There's so much talent in the West. It's going to be so hard to make the playoffs in the West." And whenever we're doing our predictions, Memphis is a team that always seems to somehow slide out of people's um, um, playoff, playoff picture. And I'm probably guilty of that, as you probably hear later when we give our predictions. But they're a team that always seems to find a way, Chris. Like they always just, whether it's through tough defense, grit and grind, they'll get injuries and they'll just find guys, almost no names to replace them. But do well, you know. Someone like a, a, a Green, for example, comes out of nowhere, suddenly oh, become. Loved It becomes a productive player in, in the starting lineup out of nowhere. So they're a team. They had Tyreek Evans. Um, obviously, they lose Zach Randolph, who's been a mainstay of that organization for years. Chris, it just seems like Memphis find the way. Are they going to find the way again?
2: Well, you mentioned the grit and grind era before. I don't know whether this season's gonna have that grit and grind mm. mentality because not only has Zibo gone, but Tony Allen's gone as yeah. well and Vince Carter and Troy Adams are, are two other uh, players that they've, they've lost as well. I don't know if you can kind of expect the same grit and grind mentality. Obviously, they've still got... Um, um, Conley yeah, and, 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 and Gasol. Conley and Gasol at the moment. Parsons. So
0: will Parsons come up?
2: Well. Yeah, I meant more of those two. but yeah. um, They've still got the talent there. They're still going to be a great defensive team. Uh, they're probably going to play a lot faster as well. Uh, like I said, I don't really know what to expect from them. I don't have them in the playoffs this year, but um, they're kind of entering a transition period at the moment. To me, though, it's going kind to of come down to whether Conley can stay healthy. He's had some injury concerns in the past. If this team can stay healthy, then they're going to be pretty good. They're going to be a solid team throughout the season. But I just I don't really know what to think about them heading into the season.
1: I had him in the eight, and then I had him out of the eight, and then I put him back in and then <laughs> i'm I've, I've finally taken him out and I know it's going to bite me come season 's end because they're every chance to make the top eight and 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 be a hard team to face in the playoffs i mean, Chandler Chandler, Chandler, Chandler Parsons, <laughs> sorry. um was probably the most disappointing uh free agent signing of last season. Um, was just, he was just—he just wasn't there. We know he's out with a meniscus tear at the moment. I don't know—I haven't really followed when when he's expected to come back into the side. Um, there's just not much to say on him. I mean, they—they've got a great coach in Fizdale. They've got the Mike Conley and, and Marcus Sol who who will keep him relevant. But yeah, I just—I think I think this season they they're not gonna they're not gonna um, make the, the the Western Conference. Finals.
0: Let's move on. Oh, Let's move on to a team that I know, Mikey. You are very I've heard Ooh. you talk about this team off air, and I what know this team arouses you a lot, Ooh. and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> I know you're very wow. excited wow. for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Can you just talk us through some of your excitement levels for and all of a sudden, it's been a while since we've said this, a star studded Minnesota Timberwolves lineup. <laughs>
1: Well, they are a star-studded team, and I remember on one of our earlier podcasts, I had him, I think, at fifth or fourth to play in the Western Conference playoffs, and I just don't know where to put them. They always end up letting me down, but oh, what an off-season. Didn't they have one of the best off-seasons we've seen? They got Jimmy Butler over for not much. I mean, this, and he reunites with uh, Tom Thibodeau, mm. so this team, it's they've got to start winning games, or people are just going to turn off them. I mean, there's just not much. They've got two of the youngest, most exciting players in the league in Wiggins, who just signed that uh, five-year, 148 million dollar contract. Carl Anthony Towns, who's could potentially be the face of the of the league in a couple of years. He, he he's that really, he's that talented. I mean, Don't they've got dare, Taj Gibson. Don't
2: you what? dare disrespect like
1: <laughs> the Greek freak. I know how much <laughs> you love him as well. We'll be getting on to. We won't be talking about him today, but we're already talking about him. But they got Jeff Teague over as well, so uh, they made some really good signs. they just got to start putting, putting uh, wins on the board, and I'm not going to be convinced until they actually start doing that.
2: Yeah, I think that's a similar uh, mentality to what I had with uh, the 76ers uh, for our Eastern Conference preview. I think they're going to be a good team, but they just don't know how to win just yet. I want them to prove that they've got a winning culture before I cement them really, like the top echelon of the Western Conference. But the thing that I will say about the Timberwolves is that last year they had a lot of games where they were leading uh, into the fourth quarter and then dropped a lot of close games. The fact that they're bringing in Jimmy Butler will definitely help with that. The fact that they're bringing in a lot of veterans to kind of compose this young team will certainly benefit them. And the fact that Jimmy Butler is arguably a top 15 player, both offensively and defensively, is just going to – he's single-handedly going to uh, get them an extra, what, 10 wins, you'd say?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, that, that's the key. If not more? Yeah, that's the, probably more. That's the key for the Timberwolves, if mine, is why did they lo- – we spoke about this about the Philadelphia 76ers, Chris, in our Eastern Conference preview. Is You look at young teams, you say, why did they lose games? Okay, the two key pillars of losing games, like you said before, Mikey, defense and losing close games. Minnesota did that, did that in abundance last year. How they, do they got change, a good don't?
1: defender in Butler.
0: They have. Does it change it? But does it change in one year? How long does it? How does that take? Two years, three years, four years? We don't know how long it takes. Minnesota will be a nice case study this year. Another year under Tom Thibodeau. We all know how he wore his stars out in Chicago. So that'll be a watch on the season as well, Mikey. And,
1: and let's not forget that they also got in Jamal Crawford, which is probably and an, not so much an underrated move, but a, a move that hasn't really been talked about uh, much. Who will be, you know, a veteran leadership. Also, could go maybe winning that six-man award.
0: New Orleans New Orleans Pelicans. Oh,
2: is he that good?
0: (laughs) New, we'll move on to the New Orleans Pelicans. (laughs) Um, They're a team that I still somehow hold out a bit of uh, hope for, and that's because really, well, it it comes down to what we said before. uh, What did we say before? We said talent. Okay, what wins games? Talent. But attitude as well. Yes, but <laughs> Anthony Davis and the Marcus Cousins tick the box of talent. Like they no tick, doubt. they tick that box more than many many players in the league. So and look, we all know they didn't really blend in the back half of last year. So maybe now they've got an actual preseason under their belt together. They've been training a bit more, a bit more continuity in that lineup. Drew Holiday, can he stay on the court and and what not, Mikey? I just look at this team and look. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. I'm not saying they're going to be amazing, but I just go back to the fact that, look, these are two of the best big men in the competition by far. I know the attitude issues. I know. I understand that. And I take it on board because it has merit. But if we're going by the general rule that talent wins games – they're going to win more games than they have historically. Talent
1: win games, but so does team chemistry, and I don't think this team has any yep. team chemistry. And I'm going to make a bold prediction, but oh. I'll make it now. I think Demarcus Cousins will be the first player traded mm. in this season. <laughs> <laughs> you can mark yeah, really that.
0: that <laughs> I'll be I'll be surprised if that happens so early in his team No, name. I just say he's yeah.
1: the first. He'll be the first player. Big. Okay, let me. Big name. Big name trade. It could be. You know, we could be All Star Weekend. Who's to say? But I just don't think they've got those two players. Cannot play together, and they don't spread the floor enough. Um, So time will tell. But I just don't have um, much hope for the New Orleans Pelicans. Nor do I have any year. I mean, I mean, they didn't do anything to to help the thoughts. of those, so crazy thoughts, I must say. In
0: the combination with Davis and Cousins last year, eleven and fourteen. So not great. Can can, can, do you think they can work, Chris? Have they got the, the right blend there of players? I don't
2: think they can, but along with that, you were saying the talent wins games. Who's their third best player? Mm. Drew Holiday.
0: If he stays healthy, Drew I Holiday. mean, Etron Moore and Cunningham are just role players. <laughs> Jordan yeah, Crawford, Ian and shallow Clark. Guy, yeah, this show win
2: games, and the fact that they have they're very very top heavy outside mm. of those two guys, no one on that team excites me. If They're having chemistry problems or if they get injured or if there's any uh, locker room issues or anything like that and it affects the top two players, they're stuffed. That's all they've got. No one else on this team can win a game single-handedly for them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe holiday, but that's about it.
0: A team that can single-handedly win games off individual talent, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, they did it last year with just one guy. Well, let's just add in a couple more with Paul, George, and Carmelo, Anthony, Mikey, will also get started with you. This is a team that all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, after we had fought the window, had closed, we fought that turn into, I hate using the term one-man team. I hate that term, but it's hard to define the funder as anything else last year. You know, after they got eliminated last year in the playoffs, we thought, well, hang on now, this is going to be a season that's going to be dominated by by Westbrook again. You know, how can he be better than he was last year? Can he be as good as he was? All of a sudden, with poor Jordan Carmelo Anthony, does he need to be as good as he was last year? He
1: definitely does, and I don't buy into people saying that he's got that out of his system. He averaged a triple double. That's the way he is, and that's you, the way he's going to be. You,
0: you don't want it out of his system, no. You no. don't, of
1: course. And you saw when when he had a triple double, they were thirty four and nine. Yeah. So it's obviously, he needed to have those triple doubles. But I believe that these. I actually, I don't know why I believe this because Carmelo Anthony has been such a stubborn player his whole career. But I just feel like they're going to buy into the system and try and really make this work. They're they're on my top five teams, uh, summer league or league pass teams to watch. And I really think that they're going to make, they're going to try their very best to make this thing work. I believe that Paul George might stay on and not go and venture other venture greener pastures as you might might like to say but i'm really excited to see this and i really like the addition of paul george obviously they gave up nothing even stephen adams under another year who's a big player really strong They had a shocking game against the melbourne united who <laughs> we've already spoken about uh, oh. on another podcast chris but um i'll bring you in uh, as well i mean i know you're excited to see this team play yeah
2: they're probably number one on my league pass rankings at the moment they've got Three fide stars. It might take them a while to really gel together, but by the end of the season, they're going to be well and truly in contention. I think the fact that Russ got out his superhuman season last season and put up the big numbers and proved himself as one of the greatest uh, offensive players that we've ever seen, I think that bodes well for him. Now that he's done that and got that out of his system, he can go, all right, now I'm willing to play the team game. I'm willing to win. I know what it's like to go an entire season without winning too much. I want to be back on the winner's podium and I want you guys to help me. So I think that if they can all buy in, I'm pretty confident this could be a team that finishes top three in the West and really pushes for uh, a Western Conference Finals appearance. Do Do you think they will buy in? Yeah, I think they will. Mallow concerns me a little mm. bit. We saw his reaction when he uh, asked his thoughts about potentially coming off the bench, and obviously that's not going to happen. And Billy Donovan has said that he's going to start... But just something like that, just the way he reacted by laughing mm. and saying, who me, when, when they asked him about coming off the bench, I don't know if he's really ready to sacrifice his game as much as he might need to. Mm. So out of the three, Mel the one that concerns me the most, but... Uh, We'll we'll see what happens. Maybe once he he plays with uh, Russ for a little bit, he can kind of uh, be beaten into submission (laughs) a (laughs) little bit.
0: And I think Mello's a question mark here. I think before he came, everyone was really excited. They thought, poor George, beautiful. can Not easily, but can he slip into the role that KD played? Adding Mallow and, like I said before, talent win game, so it was, it was a good move. But it did create that extra question mark that didn't exist with Jess. Yeah, uh, Mallow p-
2: think he's number one. Is, do, do you reckon Mallow thinks he's the number one option on this team?
0: It was definitely not in principle, but does he think that he might? I mean, he's been definitely. he's been number yeah. one for what 11, 12 years, and it's very hard to get that out, out yeah. of just your your mentality when you play out well, of your mindset. That's very hard. You can't just get rid of that over a summer.
1: And- you'd hope that he's seen where being number one i don't know if he can see it as clearly as we can proceed we've seen him being number one doesn't really get him too far so maybe but
0: he's never been a number one on a team that's talented
1: he's had some talented players in his past but but he's not never like but, this, but not though. like
0: this this is on a different level he's never been number one on a team like this you know, may, maybe who knows, maybe we'll sit here in in form of Simon if he's he number on this team. Maybe all of a sudden he will be number 1 and it could work. Oh, we don't I didn't expect it to happen, but hey, maybe all of a sudden him being surrounded by better talent than he has been for years all of a sudden, it turns him into a more of a more of an efficient scorer. I mean, who knows? These are all question marks. Mm. We're going to we're going to find answers to. I mean, how long it takes to gel is always another question. We all know they take a while to gel. Yeah, um, they're going to be fun to watch. We all know that there's going to be plenty of highlights coming out of OKC. It's good to see a team bounce back pretty quickly from losing a superstar, though. You know, we all saw when LeBron lost Cleveland. It took him years to. They only came back when he came back. You know, I <laughs> you know, can't imagine what a team be if he hadn't come back and might mm. still on that same losing path. They've bounced back quickly from the Durant loss. You can't argue that because they still made the playoffs in the season after he left, and now they had two of the best 20, 15 players in the league. So they've definitely bounced back. We'll move on to a team that has kind of struggled in the wilderness a little bit, I'll say, over the last last five or so years. It's the Phoenix Suns. Another team in this conference that I just struggle to really get a read on. I don't really know where the Suns are going. We all know Devin Booker is going to be an absolute star. We know that. So you've got that building block. Chris, I want to start the conversation. We'll get to Booker in just a little moment. I want to start the conversation with Eric Bledsoe. And this is a guy that he's going to find himself in the trade rumor mill because he does every year. He's immensely talented. I honestly reckon he's one of the league's hidden gems is Eric Bledsoe. I reckon people don't really give him credit for how good he is. But we know he's had injury problems, Chris. Where Where's Eric Bledsoe sit in, in, in where he's in his career? Did the Suns look to move him on? Because w- w- he just fascinates me. I find him one of the more fascinating players in the league.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they did move him on because they've got such a young, uh, really exciting team. This is one of the most exciting, uh, potentially exciting teams in the entire league with guys like Devin Booker to Marquise Chris and to Josh Jackson they might be wanting to move on from someone like Bledsoe and bring in more um, youth to, you know, get get on the same age level as all these guys and and just make them all come through together. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to him. But these are definitely uh, this is this is definitely a league past side. We're talking about uh, the Timbals before and 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 the Thunder. Phoenix Suns are one of my favorite teams to watch next year. I don't think they're going to win too many games, but the potential is certainly going to be there, especially with Devin Booker. We can see uh, how offensively gifted he is. The defense isn't quite there yet, and I don't know whether it's ever going to get there. But just his offense alone is enough to, to tune in and watch this team. Josh Jackson can be anything. He's he's going to be insane to watch. He's going to be putting up some some decent numbers, both offensively and defensively. Um, I, don't, I I don't know how it's all going to come together. Uh, but they, they definitely shouldn't be as bad as they were last season. There's going to be an increase in wins from, from the Suns this season, I'd say.
1: I don't know how a, a top team you like to watch doesn't win many games gets on your top list. How does that work out, Chris? <laughs> no, it's best what?
0: A what? To, no, the, it's league pass team, so they're just fun to watch.
1: Fine. How can you watch a team that doesn't win many games? Oh,
0: Mikey. You're, you're yeah, a, they're fun. They're, they've got the potential, man. Mikey, you're a Sixers Pens- fan. I don't, don't watch you don't many
2: watch- Sixers games. <laughs> you don't want to watch Devin Booker. You don't want to watch Marquise Chris. You don't want to watch Josh Jackson. You don't, you don't care about watching any of these guys.
1: I just I like seeing good teams play basketball, oh, and this Mike. is not one of those teams, not it's, yet anyway. And so, so this is. I'm just no. That's no, serious. I'm I'm trying to be. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, yeah. So you see no excitement for the for oh, Suns this season.
1: Exciting, yes. Do I want to exciting watch? Exciting no.
0: in exciting <laughs> in. Relation- <laughs> Do I want to watch them? No. Exciting in relation to winning. No, you well they see. don't play good basketball, do they? They lose games. I don't want to see a
1: team that loses games.
0: You don't want to see Devin Booker putting up fifty and, and yeah, sixty he, points. He
1: got seventy points in one game. Yeah, one game.
0: Oh, it's exciting.
1: Yeah, no, he is exciting, but it was one you might game. Be
2: out telling it there, Mike.
0: It's one game. It was one time. <laughs> okay, well, oh,
2: look, I only scored a hundred once. I know.
1: No, look, he, 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 Look, Devin Booker to me is one of the most exciting young players in the league, and and I love everything about him. Um, but look, I just, <laughs> I was having a little jab at Chris to, I don't like watching, a bad. Yeah, they're a bad team. Bad teams play basketball. Lakers so. are going to be a
2: bad team, and they're going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I'll give you that because I'm really excited to see Lonzo oh. Ball. But I put Lonzo Ball. Maybe even a little bit better than what Devin Booker. De- Devin Book is a scorer. Alonzo Lonzo Ball Balls hasn't played a... playmaker. Hey, Devin Playmakers Booker... Playmakers for me are more... Everyone in the NBA can score the ball if you give them enough shots, Mikey, chances. Devin Booker is Playmaking a... Playmaking v- is harder.
0: Devin Booker... Can we have v- an...
1: Can we argue on, can we agree or disagree on that? Is playmaking a
0: harder skill to doesn't have? Need to be, Devin Booker he's a two guard. Devin Booker is a oh. terrific passer of the ball. Do you know, don't underestimate Devin Booker the way he sees the game and the way he passes. He doesn't need to be he
2: doesn't No, be, he doesn't need he to be. Lonzo ball he's a two guard.
0: It's a, he's a different position. He oh. plays a different way. And I honestly reckon he's not a bad he can pass the ball. I honestly believe that but I he don't won't re-
1: pass the ball as much as Lonzo Ball were playing. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, but they're different players, though.
1: Of course they are. I know they are. But I was just comparing the two, just why I'm more excited to see the Lakers play over this Phoenix Suns team. But yes, you're right. And I think Eric Bledsoe is going to be on the trade table all season long. Unfortunately for him, because he's a really good player. And he could be you somewhere
0: else. Portland Trailblazers, boys. Chris, I'll start with you. Um, A team that, has kind of hamstrung themselves into the same team as they were last year and probably will be for years to come because of the way they've given contracts to everyone.
2: Yeah, the good thing for them though is they brought in Nurkic last season who's going to be a terrific addition for them this season. They're going to get a full season out of him. They're bringing in a couple of rookies in Zach Collins and Caleb Swanigan both highly touted out uh, out of college. There's enough talent there to remain in the playoffs. They made a late playoff push last season and ended up uh, getting the eighth seed, eventually losing in straight sets to uh, to Golden State, as we know. We need guys like Mo Harkless and Noah Vonley to really step up. They had decent seasons last year. We want them to step up once again. And we need guys like Myers, Leonard and Evan Turner yes. to just really turn around their form because last season they were just terrible. So we know that Nick is going to be good. We know their backcourt is going to be fantastic. It's what these other guys can do around them. They have the potential to be good. This isn't a particularly shallow roster no. unless these guys don't live up to how well we know they can play.
0: Yeah, a lot of it will come down to that, Dev, because like you mentioned, guys like Damian Lillard and CJ McCallum. now we know what they're going to get from those individuals. The question you know I have, Mike, is i look at someone like Lillard now. We all love him. He doesn't lack a lick of confidence. He's very, very confident in himself and in his abilities, which is fine because it works for him on the offensive end. When he gets on the roll, he's very, very difficult to stop. He also finds other players very difficult to stop on the other end when he hasn't got the ball. So I look at his Portland team and can you build a team around the backcourt that can score in abundance, Little and McCullum, but struggle going the other way?
1: You you definitely can, and I'll rate this this backcourt as the best in, as any of the best in the NBA. I think the key to to, to this team ahead of Golden State. Said, no, I said as any of the best. So why not put him in the top? Okay. Yeah, one off. Sorry, um, no, not ahead of the Golden State Warriors. But I, I put okay. the key down to N- uh, Nurkic is. Uh, well, if he can really grow this season, he can really take. We saw what he did when he came over. I don't know how many games he played. I don't know if Luke has any of those stats. I think he came over for about fifteen games and then went out injured. And they won, I think, eleven or something. It was something ridiculous. They
2: went fourteen and six when he was uh, okay. when he
0: was playing. Yeah, and, and that 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 is a top five for team. Yeah, in the
1: and I think he's that talented. And Damian Lillard reminds me of a Westbrook, where he's loyal. He wants to be there. He's going to put his heart and soul into every single game, and this team's a really good team, and, but I think Nurkic holds the key, actually.
0: Chris, really quickly, uh, Evan Turner, where do you see him at? I mean, he had some good games for the Blazers last year. How can he fit himself into this roster? I mean, in gotta, terms of this year.
2: they just got to figure out how to play him. Obviously, he had that breakout season yeah. in Boston. That was yeah. because Brad Stevens played him, in a certain way, and they just didn't utilize him in that same way in in Portland, and I'm wondering why he didn't have the same production. So if they can figure out a way to insert him into that offense and be a bit more of a playmaker, then he's going to be a better player than he was last year. It comes down to that.
0: Uh, I don't really want to move on to this team, but we have to, because we're next on the list. The Sacramento (laughs) Kings. Um, (laughs) Crash. The the Sacramento Kings. Now, we know they're rebuilding. Um, This is going to be a tough, Team to watch at times Mikey I mean
1: I think Chris might be interested in watching this team as well well no well <laughs> on, on a
0: serious note on a serious note Chris Darren Fox can he, I
1: add something just before we start why the hell didn't anyone else give Vince Carter a contract? You know, Why I don't, do we have to see him play is, out his final years, years old. on a bad team? You know what, I he was, deserves better than that. You know what, I was watching, Luke.
0: they played the Clippers in the preseason the other day and I was, I was watching it and there was a time when, when Zebo and, and Vince Carter were running like, they're running their offense through Zebo at the high post and Vince Carter's passing the ball and I'm watching, I'm like, it's a team that's rebuilding. <laughs> they're running plays hey Luke, through Vince Luke, Carter and Zach Randolph.
2: <laughs> Luke, were you even born when <laughs> yeah. Vince Carter... Got drafted?
0: <laughs> what, well, when did he That's get drafted? Yeah, refresh my memory. When did he get drafted?
2: Oh, I don't know. 98, I think.
0: We'll, we'll quickly look that up. Um, but when he,
2: were you born? What year were you born?
0: I was born in 97. Okay, let's
2: I've see. I've got it. He, okay, so he's 70. 98. He was born.
0: Okay, so yeah. I would have been, what, not even one years old. And well, he yeah, is, there you go.
1: When were you born in 97?
0: July. So You would say, have been 11 months. Yeah. You were one. I was one. <laughs> You're, it,
1: one and, uh, you're 13 months sorry. That's unbelievable. No, that oh, 11 puts, months. 11 months. That puts
0: it into a picture of how um, how old Vince Carter is. We all know how old is he is anyway.
1: And now like, you're seeing him collect his pension as well. It's going to be beautiful. Chris,
0: <laughs> Chris Aaron Fox, um, high draft pick. Your thoughts on him? Is, was he the right pick for the Kings? Is he going to be a guy that can, they can rely on in the future as a building block? How how do you see him playing out?
2: Look, this kid's going to be a good player. And defensively, he was the best player in the draft, you'd say, but offensively he's still got a long way to go. He really struggles from deep, and this is a team that needs to find scorers. They lost their top three scorers from last season in Cousins, Rudy Gay and Darren Collison. Buddy Hield is the highest returning king, highest scoring returning king on that uh, squad, which goes to show how little offensive mm. production they're going to have on this team. And got, every, Everyone kind of raved about how good these guys' um, draft was, picking up not only De'Aaron Fox, but also Justin Jackson and Harry Giles, who, by the way, surprise, surprise, will be out until at least January with a knee injury. I was underwhelmed with it. I think that they could have gotten better at each of those three spots. Darren Fox has the potential to be a really good player, but I don't think he's going to quite be able to fit in with what they want from that point guard position. With you know a bit more of an offensively uh, gifted player, and he could become that eventually, but not quite away, not not quite uh, right away. Justin Jackson has a very very low ceiling, I'd say, and Harry Giles is going to be perennially injured. I think this is kind of one of those things. You know how if you've been doing something ter- so terribly for so long, and you do something okay, then everyone really lords you for it. So if, you get like a, if, you, if, if you're used to getting two out of tens and then you get a five out of ten and everyone applauds you, it's still mm-hmm. a five out of ten. You yes. still didn't get, have a great draft. They didn't get that much better even though they brought in three guys who a lot of people knew because they played for big-time colleges. None of these players are going to really help them, especially straight away. De'Aaron Fox is the only guy that I can see being uh, an all-star caliber player. The other two, I can't see that happening at all.
0: Yeah, before we move on to the Kings, I just want to add really quickly, they probably have a guy that just somehow fell out of favor at the worst time last year when most rosters were filled. Um, They've probably got the best trade piece in the league in George Hill. This is a guy that he's one of the better point guards and more solid and and high-performing, consistent point guards in the league. Hey, if they want to try and – I would give up a first-round pick for George Hill. If I'm a contending team and I'm, I'm lacking in the point guard spot at any time in the season, if I get an injury – I'm going to Sacramento Kings and say, hey, give me George Hill because that guy I can play. He's one of the more reliable guards in the league who can give you a high Denver? performance.
2: You reckon to Denver?
0: M- maybe it is Denver. You know, who knows? Because I- he's a guy that kind of just, just almost fell into their lap. Yeah. The way he- it played out with him in the offseason, he kind of just ended up in Sacramento because that's how the timing of it all worked out. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he's playing in the playoffs for another team. Maybe
1: a Minnesota could use him now- when Jeff Teague... He doesn't uh, seem to be running that team. The who way knows he be.
0: Uh, who, uh, who it is? I don't know, but you know it's bound to happen that you, uh, someone's point, starting point guard will get injured and whatever. So I look at George Hill and say, "Hey, that, that's a real bargaining piece." I'm not something. sure how much he'll help them, where he his, is, age wise and where they are team wise in their building phase. Can I ask
1: a question without notice, mm-hmm? both of you? Is this the worst team in the NBA?
0: No, 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 no way. Both you obviously, you obviously won't, you obviously were not here for the East preview. No, was. I was. I had prior engagements. Hey, 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 hey! I
2: started off the podcast by saying that uh, that the East have the worst five teams in the league. I still think the five there's five teams in the East that are worse than the Kings.
0: You know who's not going to be a bad team? The San Antonio Spurs because they're never a bad team. Uh, well, we know Kawhi Leonard will be missing the first part of the season, which does hurt. Uh, Chris, oh, Michael, we'll start with you. Put your hand up. You're very keen to chat about the Spurs. Um, this this team, I mean, are they going to be... We all know how good they are. Are they going to be the same old as the Spurs in a good way?
1: Is this the year that they actually regress? Ugh. I mean, I've been saying it, maybe a lot of people have been saying it for like five or six years, they're going to fall back, they're going to fall back. Everyone thought that when Tim Duncan retired that this would be the end. Obviously, Kawhi, Lemons, uh, Lemons? Kawhi <laughs> Leonard has come through in abundance and he's the two, the best, in my opinion, the best two-way player in the league after the last season, he... he He learned how to shoot the ball and he went after it. They didn't make any big additions to the team in the offseason. And the famous saying goes, if you're not making moves, you're going backwards. So I just, I I feel like maybe this team might come in a little bit stagnant. They might struggle early without Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, are they still one of the best teams in the West? Yes. Will they regress slightly? I also think they will do that as well.
2: We have to say, as well, it's just not the San Antonio Spurs this season. It's Hady Mills' San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> he's going to be giving the keys to that point guard position, and he's going to be able to prove his work. He's going to be the guy for the team. So, man, I think pretty much like all of Australia, we're going to be hoping that uh, they can continue their form. This is kind of they're kind of the opposite of the 76ers and the Timberwolves. Those teams don't know how to win, San Antonio doesn't know how to lose. They're mm. coming off their 20th consecutive year in the playoffs and their 18th straight season of winning 50 games. That is some phenomenal numbers. And as long as they've got Coach Pop in charge, there should be no underestimating the Spurs. They're still going to be a very good side, even though they're still getting on in age. Uh, um, Pau Gasol's he, he had a, a sub-par performance last year. Um uh, my God, what's what's the Argentinian? It's very it's very Manu, in the morning. Ginobili. My mind's manager Noble is forty, so you know a, a lot of these guys are getting up on age. They bring in Rudy Gay, who's coming off that injury, so I don't know how he's going to perform. I still I'm not I'm not willing to completely rule out San Antonio Spurs until they prove that they can't win anymore.
1: And let me just um, make my point clear. When I say they will regress, I still think they're going to make 50 wins, but I think they're going to struggle to get to that 50 win. Um, which I think last season they had about 60 wins. So I think mm. that is a regression, 51, but yes. I think it's still good for top four in the
0: West. Uh, I wonder where LaMarcus Aldridge sits. He he fascinates me, LaMarcus Aldridge. came over on big money. He's almost underwhelmed, I think it's Massively. safe to say, in his couple of seasons in San Antonio. I'm pretty sure he's got a player option, correct me if I'm wrong, at the end of this season, so he's a guy that, you know, how's he going to, Chris, I'll I'll throw it to you really quickly, LaMarcus Aldridge, is he going to, I don't think he's ever going to be the guy we saw in Portland, because I'm pretty sure he's 30 years old now, so he's past that, can he improve himself on the past two seasons, or is this simply how he fits in in this system, and and that's just how LaMarcus Aldridge is now?
2: The thing that concerns me about Lamarcus Soldier is him coming out and pretty much saying that he's not happy yeah. at the Spurs. He's not happy playing in that system. If you're not happy playing in San Antonio, then you're a diva and you don't deserve to play good mm. basketball because that is the system for, for everyone. You know what I mean? Like if you want to win, if you want to play winning basketball, that's that's where you go. They've got one of the best. Um, environments out of any team in the entire NBA. And if you can't fit in, then there's a problem with you rather than there being a problem with the team. So that's 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 my biggest concern for for Marcus Aldridge is just him having a problem somehow with, uh, with the San Antonio Spurs organization. He's the only one.
0: The final team in our Western Conference preview, Mike, is the Utah Jazz, a team that has experienced change in their personnel. Out goes Gordon Haywood, Ricky Rubio comes in, George Hill goes out. So they look a bit different. But I think on the surface, Mike, this is still a team that that will be in the playoffs come the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. A really unlucky team. They were just on the rise, a really young Mm. team with Gordon Haywood, who then decided to ship off to Boston to make Chris Tyler a really happy man. (laughs) I feel like they're really... Really unlucky team. They obviously lost Dante Exum to, I think it looks like, a season-ending shoulder injury, which is just tough luck for him. We know he had the ACL two years ago. So they just can't catch a break. We don't really know what he has to offer. We know he hasn't probably lived up to some of the expectations we all thought as Australian well, NBA He fans. hasn't
0: really had a real chance, because he's been inconsistent mm. with the way he's being played minutes-wise. He hasn't been great when he has had minutes, but now he's got another injury to worry about. Mm. He's had a tough run of it. Can people forget he's only, he's a young. He's really, up, I think he's 21 or 22. Yeah, he's
1: 95, so it makes him 22, yeah. He's born 90, in 95. No, he's oh, so not 95, he's old, Mikey. B- <laughs> before I let, well, well, I'm not going anywhere, but <laughs> before we move on, um, I'm really sold on Rudy Gobert, oh, and I think he absolutely. is a phenomenal player. And when I, when you told me to do the top 15, I didn't know where to put them, and then I really thought about Rudy Gobert, and I think he's really going to come up leaps and bounds this year, and he's going to keep them relevant. The and Joe Ingles... He's a really, not underrated to Australian fans, but maybe Chris probably knows a little bit. He doesn't get much fanfare, but he's a really talented and just a really smart basketball player. And they've still got, I mean, they've still got Joe Johnson. And then, obviously, Chris is pretty hot on uh, Mitchell Donovan as well. So I think they're still going to be a really good team, even though they can't really catch a break with injuries and losing Gordon Haywood.
2: Yeah, that, that uh, Ricky rubio bear combo is going to be on display throughout the entire season in Utah. It's going to be... Incredibly fun to watch. The loss of Exum obviously hurts. The loss of Haywood hurts so much more. But the additions of guys like Rubio and like Jonas Sherebko from the Celtics and Donovan Mitchell should all help to alleviate those departures. And like I mentioned before, Joe Ingles expect him to take up uh, another step this season. He improved a lot last season. I'm expecting that same a similar type of rise this season, especially with the increase in his minutes. He's going to uh, be asked to play a lot more than he did last year Now that Haywood's gone and Exum's gone um, he He's not going to be A big time scorer, Joe Ingles ever But defensively he's going to be fantastic He's going to stack the stat sheet pretty much He's going he's to pretty much get a, a category in every single He's going to get a statistic in every single category Is pretty much how he plays And if you combine that with uh, the coaching of Quinn Schneider Who's probably one of the best coaches in the Western Conference He preaches ball movement and solid defence They're going to be a good team this
0: year Now, let's move on before we end to the time that we've all been waiting for. This is what we love. This is why I love season preview editions because we get to make our predictions and then see how wrong they are in six months' time. Um, I'll start off. I'll start off with my Western So We're going to go 1 through 15. We'll start from number 15. Okay, so our standing predictions. I'll start off. I'll let you go, Mikey. And then, Christos, you can finish us off. So I'll start from 15 to 1. So 15 will be Sacramento Kings. 14 will be the Los Angeles Lakers. 13 will be the Phoenix Suns. 12 will be the Dallas Mavericks. 11 will be the Memphis Grizzlies. 10 will be the New Orleans Pelicans. 9 will be the Denver Nuggets. 8 will be the Utah Jazz. 7 will be the Minnesota Timberwolves. 6 will be the Los Angeles Clippers. 5 will be the Portland Trail Blazers. 4 will be the Oklahoma City Thunder. 3 will be the San Antonio Spurs. 2 will be the Houston Rockets. And one will be the Golden State Warriors. Mikey?
1: I've got Sacramento 15th, Phoenix in 14th, uh, the Lakers 13th, New Orleans in 12th, Dallas 11th, the Memphis Grizzlies 10th, Portland 9th, Denver Nuggets 8th, Utah 7th, Clippers 6th, Timberwolves 5th, Spurs 4th, the Thunder in 3rd, and then to round out top 2, Rockets 2nd and Golden State to finish on top.
2: Yeah, it's I'm I'm relatively similar to Mike. I've got Kings at fifteen, then Suns fourteen, Pelicans thirteen, Lakers twelfth, Grizzlies eleventh, Mavericks tenth, Nuggets ninth, Trailblazers eighth, Timberwolves seventh, Jazz sixth, Clippers fifth, Spurs fourth, Thunder third, Rockets second, and Warriors first.
0: I think we've all we've all got different quirks, but I think out of all that we've kinda of figured out Figured out tiers for each team. I yeah. think you can kind of see where each your you, you top four. They're not
2: as clear cut as they are in the East, though. I will say is the the, th- uh, the tiers.
0: Yeah, that's the, correct.
2: The, the tiers in the East are, are relatively clear cut. Yeah. This one is up for some debate, but but there are certainly there's probably uh, three, maybe four tiers. Yeah,
0: you almost go to that one to four: Golden State, Rockets, Spurs, and Funded. i will have that oh, tier Golden State are on their own. You have to leave well, them on their own. Golden State on their own. But, <laughs> but if we're talking in this way, so that's where your four. Portland, Clippers, Wolves, Jazz and Nuggets are probably that that those last that's almost five four teams fighting for four playoff spots. And then Pelicans, Grizzlies. Or maybe Grizzlies in the playoff mix, maybe, but definitely New Orleans. New Orleans for me maybe, but for most people know, Mavs, Suns and Lakers, Kings in that bottom Are tier, those so. six,
1: seven, eight spots more open this season man than maybe last season?
0: Oh probably about the same, I'd say. Yeah, about about the same. Chris, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that, but I think they're pretty much the same. It's probably I don't think there's as many teams. There's probably about the same amount of teams fighting for those spots as there were last year.
2: Uh, I, re- I reckon pretty much up until the Grizzlies, I reckon. I've got the Grizzlies at 11. Any of those teams in the top 11 are all vying for, for playoff spots. I can't see Lakers, Pelicans, Suns, or Kings making it. Yeah. Everyone else are really going to have a good chance of, of, of getting those last two spots in, in the playoffs. So I can't remember what. What uh, what that was like last year, but it's going to be a lot tougher to to make the west than it is for the east. We were talking about uh, this on the podcast yesterday. The last two spots in the east is really up for grabs. It's it's gonna they're going to go to two terrible teams. Whoever finishes seventh and the eighth in the east might only win, you know, thirty nine games or something like that. Whereas in the west, you're going to win forty five and potentially come eleventh.
0: And that wraps up the west. So now we get to wait and see how wrong those predictions are. We have one more season preview edition to come, yeah, at which will be our our full season preview. So we'll have MVP, Rookie of the Year, Six Man. Stay tuned for that. That will be dropping very shortly, that edition. Until next time on the SCN NBA podcast, Mikey, where can we find you on Twitter and, and other other outlets?
1: Uh, mainly on Twitter, MickVell12.
0: Yep. Christos?
2: At Christos Tyler.
0: And I'm at Luke Sakari on Twitter as well. And until next time on the SCN NBA podcast, enjoy the basketball.